0: Welcome to the Professional Carpet Cleaners and Restorers podcast. Your hosts are Phil McGurk and Scott McFadzen. The Professional Carpet Cleaners and Restorers podcast is a roundtable discussion designed to bring a number of viewpoints on cleaning, carpet cleaning and restoration related topics together in one place. Welcome podcast room. Uh, Today's session is Friday the 25th of September 2020. And we've got Duncan Perkins back. You might remember him from our first two sessions. And we're just going to talk a little bit about business, taxes and anything else we can talk about for the next hour. So strap in and uh, hope it all goes well. Welcome Duncan. Welcome listeners. Hi Phil, how are you? <laughs> good to have you back mate, good to have you back. So good to be back. Full disclosure, um, Duncan is my financial advisor, also does our um, bookkeeping. Uh, services so duncan has a business called tax time accounting uh, we will put those details up on our delivery services but just so you know he does bookkeeping tax accounting and also financial planning or tax planning um, and that's where I sort of I've used you now for the last three years I think it is at least three years three four years and um, look to be quite honest I don't know how I did it without you but thank you it's one of those things you know you don't know what you don't know until you don't know it and I didn't know you. So. Yeah,
1: and I, and I think the other thing is, is that if I don't know it, I'll try and find it out. That's good. And if I still can't find it out, I'll
0: make it up. No, no. <laughs> so, so we just thought we'd have a chat about business. Um, obviously, what's going on? This is the, the COVID time still. Um, but my questions were, to start with, was I had a few questions with Duncan and um, the answers that were coming back were I'll have to look into that, which gave me a bit of a, uh, a worry of or I didn't understand really what he was talking about. So I thought we'd delve into some of those questions I was asking him and hopefully you might be able to describe or understand what they are. So first of all, I'll, what I did ask him was um, starting in business in COVID times and then coming out of COVID times. Like there's a lot of business struggling right now. Um, they may have set up their business wrong. They're thinking about selling. Um, or buying out someone else's business, even buying equipment. So, they were the questions I was asking Duncan. So, we might just start off with a couple of those sort of things and right, see where man. it
1: leads. Yeah, we'll have a ch- chat about um, one of the most common questions we get is, uh, what structure do I set up my business through? Should I set up a trust? Uh, should I set up a company? Should it just be a sole trader, uh, etc." Yep. And it... The most common answer that we'll give, and you'll hear it a few times today, is it depends. (laughs) Um, What we try and do is ask a lot of questions around where they're going, what they're looking to do, have they injected any money into the business. Uh, One of the great frustrations that a lot of people have is when they set up a business and they set it up, say, via a trust, uh, they may, in a lot of instances, lend a lot of money as beneficiaries to the trust to kick the business off, uh, to buy capital equipment, etc.
0: Okay, and let's, before you go too far on that, yep, yep. so let's say they've got $20,000 saved up for a business. Yes. They put that into a trust.
1: That's right, And yes. then
0: that's how they start their business off? Yes, So they open up probably a company as trustee for that trust, yep.
1: and then they open up a bank account, and then they put $20,000 of their own hard-earned uh, money into savings that trust. Savings yep. Yeah, savings into that trust, or money from grandma, or whatever it is, and they want to go up and set a carpet cleaning business, yep. for example. And that's to purchase equipment like blowers and dryers and... Um, a van of, or... Oh yeah, vans and clean advertising clean and ad- websites. Yep. and it all, it all disappears fairly quickly. Yep. Um, so what happens then is maybe two years or three years into the business and it's going well, it's turning over 100000 a year um, and it might have expenses of $50,000 a year. That $50,000 is profit to the trust and it can't hold that profit So it must distribute it out to the beneficiaries of the trust. When does it have to do that? Every year when it does its tax return. So that $50,000 is paid to the beneficiaries of the trust. The big frustration for a lot of people is that they go, well, I put $20,000 into this business three years ago. I I, I want it back. It's my money. And we go, yeah, well, that's fine. We'll pay that loan, beneficiary loan back. But then the $50,000 net profit... It can only pass on 30000 of that to you. You'll still get taxed on the 50000 Right. So therefore, the trust says, hey, we owe you $20,000. So now that loan has really been converted from a, a loan from the beneficiary to now an unpaid beneficiary payment. So what I'm saying is, is that if you inject money into a trust, you're never going to get it back <laughs> until you sell that business, hopefully for a profit, in the future. So, it's a really sad story. One of my customers, 10, 15 years ago, they paid $700,000 for a uh, cafe and via um, a trust. Right. And it gave them a decent income over the years, but the value of the business is now worth probably less than $150,000. So, that 700000 if they sold the business, they're never getting it back.
0: So, okay, that doesn't seem fair.
1: like Yeah. So yeah. what's the best way to do this? What? So what we've been saying for a while to many of our customers is think long and hard about setting up a trust. Right. And maybe simplify the way that you want to operate your business and simply set up a company. So with a company with profits, say $100,000 turnover, $50,000 in expenses, you've got $50,000 net profit, the company can pay tax on that and very low rates. So we're, we're looking at 26% for the year 2021 and 27.5% tax rate for the 20 yeah. financial year, yeah. yeah. So, so the company would then pay tax on that at the nice low rate of 27.5%. What's left over is um, net profit after tax. Yep. That then, the company can then simply pay off that loan, which is a tax-free payment back to you, which is the $20,000 that you put into that company huh. originally. So far better off... Um, debts are cleared, I've been paid back my $20,000, giddy up, I'll pay a salary to myself from the company in the future. Yep.
0: Okay.
1: So the benefit by paying yourself through a trust as a salary, well not as a salary but as drawings or as beneficial payments, there's no, it's not captured by the superannuation guarantee. So what happens is when someone pays themselves fifty or $60,000 as beneficial payments via a trust, right. it's not captured by the superannuation guarantee. But if you pay yourself the same amount of money through a company, it's treated as um, taxable income, just the same as a salary, and therefore it's captured by the superannuation guarantee. So you're going to lose 9.5% of that to superannuation, but superannuation is not a bad thing. That's right. Um, Especially for small business people, they should really concentrate on building their superannuation up, even if they're a small business person. A lot of people say, well, my business is my superannuation. Yeah. Well, yeah, it didn't work too well for that couple that bought the business yeah. for $700,000. Their superannuation's pretty well gone. So um, I'm a big fan of th- a, a company structure um, before any other structure.
0: Like, uh, I know a few people in the industry, like quite a few people, and a lot of those people actually do have trust set up and they buy cars, they buy houses, they buy, you know, the business. Yeah, not a good idea. What ha- what happens if one fails? It? So it's not a good idea. Um, th- it it is a good idea
1: if we can convince you to do that as accountants, uh, because we get paid a lot more money,
0: right, by
1: you as the client. <laughs> um, so considering if it's eleven hundred dollars to do a uh, a trust tax return, we would then potentially charge you another eleven hundred dollars if you're distributing money from the trust into the company, which is the trustee of the trust. So there's another $1,100. And then you've got annual fees for the trustee and then you've got um, uh, other requirements for both of those entities. Then you've got trustee um, declarations. Yep. Oh, it's all fun. So, yeah. um, but one of the scare tactics to sell, um, and it's the old selling um, analogy, is sell on fear. So if you can put the fear of God into a person, you'll be able to sell them a product. So one of the things that was done many years ago is, that, well, you've got to protect those assets, run the business through a trust, and then you'll protect your assets. But if the business is worth next to nothing, what are you protecting? And if you've got decent insurance, um, you're going to be covered anyhow, even through your own negligence not through criminal negligence or gross negligence, but you'll be covered most of the time. So if anyone comes after you and your business, um, fine, let it run through the company. And at the end of the day, if there's no value in that company because you keep moving the profits out to yourself, then what are they suing? Right. Um, The only time that I would probably look at a trust structure if the trust itself doesn't need money to operate, you know, it doesn't need to borrow money from either the company or from the beneficiaries.
2: Um,
1: I.E. So, in other words, the young fella he sets up a business as a sole trader, goes really well as a carpet cleaning business for three or four years, then sets up a company and starts trading through the company. It it gets bigger and stronger and he's got staff underneath him and other things like that. And if that company then starts retaining profits and not passing those profits on to the shareholders or you as the director, then that company is now starting to build some value. It's now starting to build some wealth. It, it has a name. It, has, it may have another shop. It may have purchased a building to operate from. Yep. Now that company is a target. Right. So under that sell-on fear, you could then say, hey, you better run this business through a trust. So now the trust doesn't need any money because it's got all of the equipment and everything else in the company, you can then start trading through the trust. Right. And then the trust, it has got it's, it's never going to have any assets because it must pass on all of its profits anyhow. Right. Um, the other thing about running through a trust is that a trust will... Um, it must pass on profits, uh, the net profit every year. So if it makes $50,000, it must pass that on to the beneficiaries. If it runs at a loss it can't pass the loss on. So you've got people in small business and they may have profit year, profit year, profit year, profit year and then a couple of bad years like we're facing now with COVID and it runs at a loss. Well, that trust can't pass that loss on to the beneficiaries for a possible tax deduction in the future. Uh So I wouldn't be buying anything, especially negative geared assets through a trust or anything. I'd... I mean, this is just my personal opinion. This is not yeah. financial advice or tax advice or anything like that. And and again, it really depends on the situation. Okay. Um, but the more complex that you make the structure, the harder it is to unwind in the future. Right. So if you're a sole trader, then sole trader Harry so, Harry yep. Smith,
0: ABN one two three four five six. Um. What's that up to? Up? Up to $75,000 or something?
1: Oh, well, you can register for GST at any time you like. Right. Um, but if you're turning over more than $75,000 in a, any given financial year, then, yeah, you need to register for GST. But I usually recommend to people, hey, register for GST when you can. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it's not really worth going into business. Yeah. You, it's a job. You, yeah, well, it's not even a job. Yeah. It's, it's probably more of a headache, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so just selling coconuts at the local market or something like that, then, um, yeah, probably a be hobby. a sole trader. It's yeah. more of a hobby, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? It's, it's, it's not going to grow into anything that's half decent, so register yourself for GST and yeah. Uh, yeah, have some faith in yourself. Yeah. Take the three-point shot when, well, when uh, it comes your way. Well, what's
0: the benefits then of, um, you know, like if, you, if you're if you a sole trader over a, a company sort of thing, if you wanted to stay small, it'd be just beneficial just to... But you don't get any tax credits or? It's, it's, it's
1: um, I, ca- I can't see too many benefits. Okay. It's it's cheap um, to set up because if you're a sole trader and you're turning over, let's say, 65000 a year, yep. but you only have $15,000 in expenses, um, so it's a, it's a tight grand. little business. Yep. Yeah, so you're making $50,000. you will personally be taxed on that. Okay, so you still get taxed. You still get taxed, and you'll get taxed at your personal rates. Right. So that would be lower, a lower tax rate, than, say, operating your business through a company. company yep. Right? But if you were operating through a company and there's a $50,000 net profit, you simply pass that $50,000 down to yourself and, pay that. and you'd be taxed on the same rates. Right. So So, um, but by doing it through the company, you'd have to... The company has to pay superannuation. Right. Whereas yeah. if you're running as a sole trader, it's, again, it's like the trust, no superannuation requirement on that. On okay. That. But again, if someone's a sole trader, and I've seen it so many times, 50000 a year, 50000 a year, 50000 a year, a little bit of cash in the back pocket, obviously. Um, or not. Or not. <laughs> or not. I believe that <laughs> may happen, but maybe not in this country. But... Um, yeah, so what happens is, this man or woman they get to fifty-five years of age, and you see it really a lot in people that where they have to push heavy machines or right. lift heavy things. Yeah. They can't do it at fifty-five, <laughs> and if they're a small trade, small sole trader, and got no superannuation,
0: how do you sell I mean, that then too? How do you sell it? It's yeah,
1: yeah it's not worth a
0: pinch of put. Yeah, yeah, so this is a it's it's a real problem. It really it really does sound like that. Look. Um, and th- we'll come back to this all the time, it's, it's a matter of setting it up right at the start, but yep. it's also forward planning. Yeah, so you know, it's
1: um, forward planning, um, <laughs> and th- this is, a, this is a, something in regards to COVID again, in that um, we've got people that are talking to us and saying, oh, I think I would qualify for the JobKeeper, yep. um, but I've only gotten around to talking to you about it now. Uh, it's hard to apply okay. for something that was being paid out in uh, April May right to so there's no back pay or it's a hard job right. it's a hard job to get that um, job seeker payment we've we've had a couple of clients in that position yep. and we've been lucky enough to put a case to the ATO and they've and they've the the, the box has been ticked with the the green ar- the green tick but yep get another yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah and and moving forward too I mean they're reducing the amount of the job keeper yep. um, we've had a few calls from the ATO I've heard some horror stories uh, on the news lately where uh, corporations have been claiming the job keeper and then the ATO has turned around and not only clawed all of that jobkeeper payment back but they've fined them as well right. so wow. and, I, and I think you'll see and hear a lot of horror stories over the next uh, 8 to 12 months where okay. the ATL will be in the back. Also in regards to the $10,000 and the superannuation.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask that. What, uh, yeah. What are, you, what are you seeing with that at the moment? <laughs> um, uh, jet ski sales are going very well. Yeah. Um, can't buy, can't buy um, motorbikes at the moment.
1: Motorbikes, <laughs> are, the <laughs> motorbikes are going out. Yeah. So I don't know why people need to take superannuation money out and do that. And then the argument by a lot of people there is, well, it's not doing anything for me in my superannuation. I've seen my superannuation go down by 3000 or $5,000, so I might as well take it out before it goes down anymore. Well... Yeah, this is a long play. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm a big fan of superannuation. Always have been. Always yep. will be. It's, it's. Um, you know, I don't want to get a pension. I don't want to even go close to getting a pension when I retire. I want to be self funded, and, yep. and the only way to do, well, the best way to do that is through superannuation. Um, huge tax benefits yep.
0: for it now. Um, what what sort of losses? Like someone took out ten thousand dollars in April or whenever it was. Yep. What sort of losses are they, realistically?
1: Oh, a 35-year-old. Let's a 35 say 35-year-old takes $10,000 yeah. out. Now, you could be looking at um, their superannuation being a hundred or maybe even $200,000 less than what it would have been. 10, Just $10,000. Yeah, right. Because, okay. I mean, that $10,000, if it's doubling in value every seven years, it's now $20,000 in seven years' time. Yeah, right? yeah. So if it's earnings only 7%. Some superannuation funds are doing 12, 13, some years they're doing twenty percent. Right. So what the hell have you missed <laughs> out on? Um, how long does a jet ski last? And how many times do you use it? Oh, I don't know, go and bloody hire one. <laughs> Get it out of your system. <laughs> a bit passionate on that subject, folks. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: where the planning comes in, doesn't it? So well, <laughs> just a bit of common sense, really. Yeah. All right, so so we've gone through Sole trader, company trading, family trust, some of your liabilities. So we've gone through some of the liabilities there. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yep.
1: So um, your your your
0: legal liabilities. Yeah, if something goes yeah. wrong.
1: Okay. Um, well, you don't get a lot of flexibility as a sole trader, so you can't income split. So in other words, if um, if the sole trader guy Harry Smith is yep. Now turning over hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and he's done the right thing. He's registered, for a, he's registered for GST. Um, he's married with a um, two kids, um, and his wife does a lot of work at home in regards to the bookkeeping and other things like that. It's pretty tough to split out an income to the wife, right? As a sole trader, um, also that there's some restrictions around job keeper as well. Um, but you know, look, COVID's going to finish, and JobKeeper's going to finish. Yep. So there's no need to harp on that. But um, yeah, so it, he's restricted quite a lot through the JobKeeper
0: okay. as a
1: sole trader. Uh, not JobKeeper, is income splitting. You've got a lot more flexibility as a company. Um, again, the downside of that is superannuation. And um, as a sole trader, you are exposed. You do have it in the wind, so to speak, yeah. um, because if you do something – uh, let's say this young fellow, Harry Smith, he's turning over $150,000 and he might have an employee working underneath him. Yep. Well, who's to know that that employee's um, got a problem with meth or uh, cocaine or yeah. alcohol and he's operating a machine that could harm someone yep. um, and does harm someone? It's the sole trader that's responsible for that mm. and you probably wouldn't have an insurance company in Australia that would actually cover Harry for that. So if the home's in Harry's name... That's right, yeah. Yeah, you, 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 you're you, out there. Yeah. Yeah. Take a so, lot of responsibility. Yeah, so um, the bigger you get, the more asset protection really comes to play. Okay. But again, um, if he was operating that business through a company, then... Harry is the director that's running the company. He's got a little bit more um, asset protection there because, and I mean, this is more legal than tax, but yeah. um, he's got a little bit more protection there. So um, the 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 company structure would be better for Harry to consider, especially or anyone that's putting on staff. When you get to the level where you need to put on staff, uh, roll from there. Okay. The. Um, and then, the, obviously, the trust structure gives you that other layer of protection as well. Right. Because you can't sue the beneficiaries of the trust. Okay. And um, it's
0: pretty tough to sue the trustee of the trust as well. So, you talked about staff member there. What about contractors that you contract? Yeah. What, what's, the, what's the liability around contracting contractors? That sort of seems to be changing a bit in the last yeah. year or so.
1: Yeah, so there was um, taxable payment reporting, yeah, or TPAR, and that's um, an annual report that you need to send through to the ATO.
0: So I think we need to explain what this is. This is yeah. something new.
1: Yeah, so um, uh, go back a few steps in that um, back in 2000, um, GST was brought to Australia, and a lot of businesses um, – one example that I can give you is a concreter. Yep. Uh, it was a client of mine back in the day when I was doing home loans and only home loans. He, um, he rang me up and he said, oh, Dunk, I need $180,000 against my home loan. And I said, yeah, we can top that up. There's plenty of equity in there. You've got a good business. I said, what's it for? And he said, oh, I've got to pay a fine to the ATO. I said, what the hell for? Um... And what he did was when the GST came in, he said, this is a great idea. He said, I don't need to have staff. I don't need to pay superannuation on PAYG, holidays, leave loading. Ah, this is great. So what he did is he just said to all of his guys, you don't work for me anymore as PAYG, in inverted commas. Um, You'll now be contractors. So go out and get an ABN. So all of the contractors, the concreters, they went and got an ABN. And they're all sole traders. Right. All sole traders. So they then rock up to work on Monday and they start handing over their ABNs. and um, So all he was then paying them was their normal hourly rate plus 10%. He didn't have to worry about superannuation. And his work cover fees or insurances went way down because he had no employees. That's right. So his payroll went great. This is going down. And... uh, after about uh, eighteen months, uh, or so, uh, with a payroll of oh gee, I can't remember what his payroll would have been, but it would have been would have been decent, a couple hundred thousand dollars, I'd say. Yep. Um, ATO knocked on his door and said, um, "You haven't paid super to any of these staff." He said, "Oh no, they're not staff; they're contractors." Hmm. Uh, well, you might need to have a look at the PSI rules, Personal Services Income rules, eighty twenty rule. We've all heard of that. None of these guys have their own tools. Oh yes, they do. Yeah, a level and a and a and a, and a nail bag doesn't count, so mate. So a <laughs> pair of gum boots. So a pair of gumboots. So gumboots that, doesn't, that doesn't wash it. Um. Uh. So yeah. So he had to pay superannuation to all of these guys based on the higher yeah rate. Um. Workplace uh work cover work yep. cover insurance had to pay all of that and then fines and penalties. Wow. Now. That was um, – that uh, created the uh, tax payments reporting system, or TPAR we call it. Right. And TPAR, as I said, is August every year. Okay. And that was really brought in in the building trade because it was rife in the building trade. Yep. So, And you can imagine, if you're a builder and you've got a couple of good jobs on – You need the staff and then the jobs drop off and you don't need the staff and you go, oh, man, I have to pay holiday pay, sick pay. So, bugger it, I'll just put these guys on ABN. And um, so it became a real problem and that's why they brought out TPAR. Well, it's now extended into the cleaning industry. Right. Um, So, (laughs) listen up, (laughs) people. Um, uh, Courier business, road freight, um, IT services, and it's extended out into security services as well. It it will possibly go out across the board to most employers yeah. over time. And what it is, is the TPAR is you as the uh, main company, let's say it's ABC Cleaning, you need to report to the ATO all contractors that you paid money to through the year.
0: And how's that done? Is that done via... Your accountant package, or how's that all done?
1: Ah, uh, so um, systems like Zero or Myob, um, they would be able to build out a or push out a TPAR report, um, probably as simple as uh, a BAS. Um, okay. Yeah, accountant, bookkeeper, um, you can do it yourself. Um, and then, so what happens is you may have paid twelve contractors through the year, yep. um, a couple of hundred thousand dollars. That every single ABN is reported to the ATO. Right. And what they look for is two things. One is, is that ABN registered for GST? And when that contract, ABC Cleaning, when they paid that, did it have GST or did it it? Right. So one problem there is if you've got a sole trader that didn't register for GST, Mm. but you've been paying them GST, (laughs) you've got a real problem. Okay. Um, Because as the contract, ABC Cleaning they need to hold back 50% of that payment if it's got GST on it but it's not registered for GST. Another whole kettle of fish there.
0: (laughs) Okay, yep.
1: Um, So this, anyway, this is a growing problem and it really needs to be, anyone that's listening really needs to um, be very sharp on this because what will happen is the... ABN holder yep. that's receiving the money from ABC Cleaning is not contacted by the ATO. Okay. It's, but it's it, but ABC it all, Cleaning. It has to
0: be all cross-reference, but surely off their tax returns and...
1: Yeah, so what yeah. they do is they have a look, they check out who that ABN is. Yep. Oh, that's Harry Smith, for example. Yep. Um, right, okay, so Harry hasn't done a tax return. <laughs> um, we'll check him out, have a look, and they'll go through his numbers. Yeah, yeah. And they'll go, well, he got... Ninety nine percent of his income to that one ABN came from one other ABN, which yep. was ABC. Ah, oh, here we go. It's easy enough for them to, yeah, to yeah. pick it up. Um,
0: so you b- you better be very careful on who you're contracting. And
1: absolutely. So so as an what what we're saying is, we've got a lot of clients that are in the uh, road transport, long haul, long haul yep. drivers. Um, you know, they drive from here to Perth and Darwin and back yep. again. And um, they're away for. Three hundred, you know, three hundred days of the year, they're basically sleeping in the in the cabin of their truck, and um, they don't own the truck, they don't own the ropes, they don't own the jackhammer, they don't own any, they don't even own the fridge, probably in the truck. So yeah. you'd literally say that they're wage earners, wage earners, P A Y G, right? Yep. But it's rife in the transport industry, and um, so what transport companies are doing is they're saying, go and get an ABN, but Don't get an ABN in your sole trader name. Go and set up a company. Now, by setting up a company, what I was saying before is that when you pay income to yourself as the owner of a company that's contracting to XYZ Freight or ABC Cleaning, when you pay yourself, when, when that company receives money, the only way that it can pay it to you, legitimately, is an Get ca- as payg basically, so it will get captured by the superannuation system. Right. So ABC Cleaning and ABC XYZ Freight are basically paying that employee, for want of another word, um, an an income that will at least put money into superannuation for that person. But so as a, as a, as an ABN sole trader. Like Harry, the yeah. ABN sole trader with um, XYZ Cleaning, he's receiving money. When he pays that money to himself, Harry's not going to have to pay any money to superannuation. Whereas at least under this structure, yeah. the ATO is kind of going, oh well, how do you to how are you to know as a road freight transport business that you're paying this driver um, of a truck? that he possibly doesn't drive or that company doesn't possibly drive for someone else or has a number of
0: employees underneath it, you're not to know. You may not know this answer, but the company paying the um, sole trader or the other company to provide that service would still have to fall under the Australian guidelines of minimum wage and all that type of stuff, but surely. Um. So they couldn't just pay... Another company, let's say a truck driver, $25 an hour, and then he's got to pay his own super. And well,
1: no, I, I, I've i seen some fairly low payments to these guys, especially in the uh, courier business. Yeah, um, I've seen a number of people come in from um, different
0: countries and they want to set up a company. Well, that's what we see with the cleaners, the yeah. bond cleaners, especially. Yeah, um. That's how they get treated. Yeah. So, what's their ramification?
1: Well, it's probably more of a question for your em- employment lawyers. Okay, yeah. or, or I, I your look, I didn't want to put you on the spot, but sure I did. Guys. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that no, that's, that's fine. Yeah. As I said, if I don't know it, I'll make it up. Yeah, but so try not on that <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's like anything, um, you'll get away with it for as long as you can, but when you're found out, it's a very expensive exercise that's right. for you. Yep. Um. Yeah, so, so um, when businesses businesses have done a lot of things wrong for a lot a long time, yeah, um, externally and internally. What I mean by externally is the people that they deal with, that they've got to pay to get their things done, but internally as well. So, and that's possibly internal fraud. Um, the people that work for them, the business owners rely on people within their firm to do the right thing, yep. and then they find out two years later they've been totally wrong. Yep. Well, you as the business owner, you're responsible for it at the end of the day, <laughs> right, so yeah. you've got to wear it. Um, we were done with a ten thousand dollar fraud twelve months ago. Well, at the end of the day, I I wore it. <laughs> that came out of my back pocket, um, yep. e- even though the staff member that initiated it. Well, it's too bad they they still get their pay every week. So exactly right. Yeah, I suppose as any business owner, you you really need to be across of what's going on. At least do a little spot audit on on every 100 transactions that go through your business. Look at 10 of them at least, or 20 of them. Um, You'll get a fairly good idea that there's some sort of a pattern going right or wrong. Uh, Hopefully right. Uh, Yeah, but um, no, there's some, um, so this is a big space. I'd I'd really like everyone to... um, Focus in on that because...
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, it's that, very interesting that every August you have to send that through. Yeah. So... Uh, to keep your books up to date. Absolutely. Yeah. But, I mean, it just it just shows you that you really, like, for our company, before any we put any contract on, there's a WHS. There's all these sorts of things that go on. But I don't think that's a question that we ask of how much a percentage of the work do they get themselves. But... Well...
1: Get him to set up yeah. a company. Company, full stop. Like yeah. I would not be, no I would not be contra- contracting a sole trader. Yeah. And going back to the trust story, yeah. a trust is not subject to um, superannuation Super- guarantee. Yeah. So if you're paying to an ABN contractor that has a trust, you're opening yourself up to yeah. a can of worms there as well. Get a damn company. <laughs> so even if the person's got a trust going and the trustee for the... Yeah that trust is a company get the abn get that company registered for an abn and get them to give you that at
0: least okay uh, because you're not to know so, so is that is that something that your company tax time accountants looks at for just say someone is unsure who, no, who absolutely. do they yeah 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 we go
1: through all that we just we basically say to them this is what your employer will face um we understand why they're wanting you to set up an ABN. We had a lady come in the other day and she said, um, uh, my son's a truck uh, tow, tow truck driver yep. and um, the company that uh, wants to employ him, want him to get an ABN, how much do you charge to set an ABN up through a trust? I said, who set a trust? And she said, oh, the tow truck company did. I said, oh, I think you might be better off you having your son set up a company. It's like we charge eleven hundred dollars to set up a company, yeah, and we set up the ABN, the TFN, we set up the accounting software program, we set up the bank feeds, we set up the lot, yeah, um, in the hope that we picked up a new client from it. So there's, yeah. there's really no money in that for us, but to set up a company as trustee for a trust, it's you're looking at seventeen hundred dollars. Right. So <laughs> uh, you know we've saved him, we've saved the young fellow seven or eight hundred bucks, and plus all the headaches when it comes yeah, to managing yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, And it's clean it's neat and, uh, you know, he'll probably be – he will get jobs more than the other guys out there with sole trader ABNs or um, unit unit trusts or trust structures, yeah. So so.
0: someone who's got a sole trader that wants to go into a company, what's the process there? Is it long, drawn out, hard? Is there tax ramifications?
1: No, it's it's not really that hard. What we do is we we move – any assets, there wouldn't be any assets in the sole trader. We just, we move, um, we move the balance sheet and the P&L, we start moving it all over across to the new company, set the new company up
0: first yep. and then... Could it be in the same name? Does it have to change the name?
1: Um, so if you've got Harry Smith uh, trading as Harry's Carpet Cleaning, for example. Yep um he's got a registered business name harry's and, carpet and, and cleaning there is actually a harry's
0: carpet cleaning out there so this, is isn't, oh. this isn't this isn't anything against what about that? harry smith's carpet cleaning uh, that, i'm not yeah. sure <laughs> harry smith one two seven nine two 4, all right <laughs>
1: uh, okay yeah. well um yeah so the carpet cleaning yeah. business whatever it is yeah. um uh, you give me a name of a, a carpet cleaning business. I don't know, just the carpet cleaning business. Yeah. And so it's Harry Smith, trading as or a business name, the carpet cleaning business. Yeah, that's a registered business name, most likely. So that registered business name, we simply give it a new owner, yep. which is the company. So the company could be XYZ Properties Limited. Okay, doesn't matter. Yeah. But it's the business name which is important. So we just move the business name from Harry to the company. Okay. And so if you buy a business, you're not buying – you know, you might be buying a business from a sole trader. Yeah. A lot of the time you're just buying the business name. So that business name transfer is handed over at settlement. Yeah. So it's the same type of setup. So we set up okay. – and we, and we try and set up the company from a start period. So – the Make the start at the start of quarter four or the okay. start of the new financial year or something like that yeah right so it's pretty neat and then what happens is once it starts running through the company basically we just deregister the ABN for yeah. Harry and and it just sits there as a the ABN stays on Harry's file at the ATO but yep. it's just deregistered so there's okay. no BAS required shut it all down and then you've just got this one ABN I've seen it many times where the Harry's of the world mm. um have started off as a sole trader, then they've gone to a company structure, then they've gone to a trust structure, and the stupid accountants and bookkeepers didn't shut down all of the other entities. So... They're paying yearly <laughs> subscription.
0: <laughs> I mean, we've got to go at the
1: moment where um, his business partner died and he ended up with the wife of the oh, business yeah. partner as his new business partner. and He said, oh, I don't want this, shut it all down. And so the business itself was paying him to his to his ABN so um, anyway, was never closed down. It was never shut down properly. And this guy's got a $20,000 debt at the ATO uh, for what we call IAS or Installment Activity Statement Payments ex- based on the previous year's expected earnings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's going, mate, I haven't run that business for y- – no, you've got to pay the 20000 So you have to go through this whole wash-up process. Oh, what a headache. And that was just because he relied on his accountant or bookkeeper to do it right. Yeah. So um, don't trust anyone. <laughs> don't, don't. I mean, if there's anyone with a partnership out there, so we've got um, uh, Mary and John. The example that I give is, let's say I went into business with you, Phil, uh, fish and chip shop owners. And let's say I was uh, a, a drunk and, and, and I had anger issues, um, but I was really good at cooking fish and chips. And you were the money man. So you put the money towards the partnership and we were going to run this great fish and chip shop. Um, is there a business out there called Phil and Dunk's Fish and Chip Shop. Let's just call it Phil and Dunk's Fish and Chip Shop. (laughs) And um, so things go really well for a couple of years and we've got this partnership, right? So it's got its own ABN, its own TFN and the profits of the partnership split out to Duncan and Phil and everything's going well. But then um, you go away on holidays. So you're an overseas trip to USA, you're having a great time and I'm left to run the show and alcohol becomes a problem and I start swinging. And I lay into one of the staff members. There's no insurance company that's going to cover that, and they sue the partnership, which means that I've got nothing. So I'm a drunk. I've got no assets. I've got no. I've got nothing. So sue me. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right. Um, No, they won't. The staff member will actually sue you, because so as a partner, you're jointly and severally liable for all actions within yeah. that partnership. So if you're in a partnership, get out of it. Go and set up a bloody company. Because under that company structure, um, you're overseas on holiday, you, this, you've done nothing wrong. It's the right. company that's attacked. And so... yeah, yeah. <laughs> another, another
0: benefit of having a company. Another benefit of having yeah.
1: a company. So when you ask about what liabilities are... yeah, yeah, yeah. So your partnership is a very dangerous uh, yep. one to have. Um, funnily enough, accounting firms and um, law firms had to be partnerships... Years ago, yeah. Had to be. Had to be, but
0: I think they can operate through companies now. (laughs) Yeah. So there's no really what is better unless you go through everything that we've just gone through. There's no one key fits all holes. It's.
1: Yeah, look, I'll just work on the KISS principle, keep it simple, stupid. Um, So the really important thing to do is uh, how big
0: is this going to get? Yeah. Um, But some people might just want a hobby. You know, yeah, And that's fair enough. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah, no... Yeah. Supplementary income.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, the wife may be uh, a doctor and yeah. the husband um, just says, hey, I just want to clean carpets and have a bit of fun. Yeah. Well, great. Run as a sole trader. Yeah. Um,
0: but don't expect down the track that that's going to be your superannuation fund. No, 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 yeah. no, no.
1: Hopefully the doctors are <laughs> earning good money. and uh, Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so there's, there's all plenty of different ways to look at it, so... Um, if there's people out there that go, well, hey, you know, I've got a business that turns over a million dollars a year, yep. and it has five hundred thousand dollars in expenses, and there's only me and my wife. And it's a great business. Um, what do I do with five hundred thousand dollars? How do I split that out? And this is another problem that's come to to light. The ATO's really cracking down on, and it's Division Seven A. And if I explain Division Seven A, everyone's just going to fall asleep listening to this, but. What it means in, in, a, in a nutshell is is that what a lot of people do is that $500,000 profit, they go, well, I only need $100,000 a year. I own my house outright. I've got no other debts. The kids are off my hands. What do I do? So a clever accountant would say, well, why don't you set up a bucket company or create another trust uh, beneficiary in the trust to receive that 500000 or part of that $500,000 net profit at a lower tax rate. So remember we were saying tax rates before, twenty six down to 26% in the 21 financial year. Yeah. So the husband may get $100,000, the wife may get $100,000, tax, Medicare, levy, et cetera, et cetera, um, possibly run themselves through single-touch payroll, so the superannuation as well. Um, but Then what happens to the rest of that $300,000? You can pass that down to the company and then that's a $300,000 payment to the company. But what if it never goes to the company? What if... That husband and wife go, Well, we'll just look after that for you, the company, which happens. Um the company never received the money. So then you've got to create a loan between the trust and the company. Because the company says, Hey, yeah. trust, you owe me money. So oh, actually that, that would be taxed at the higher rate, thirty cents in the dollar. Because if it's a non trading company, it's always taxed at thirty cents in the dollar. Right. So um, um, so anyway, so what happens is this company receives the money, um, but it never receives the money. So it, it ends up with this loan. So this you got to have a div seven a loan, and so oh, it's a it's a uh, there's ninety grand gone straight away, the uh, three
0: hundred I suppose is that we're saying, or
1: well, there's not only thousand gone. But I mean, if it went down to the husband and wife, that three hundred thousand, then you you've got division two nine three tax, you've got a higher Medicare levy. You've got all sorts of headaches. So it's great to pass it on to the company yeah. but pass it to the company and then the company then passes it on to the husband and wife right. as fully frank dividends. So it, it, it is very, very sexy but it can get very, very <laughs> messy as well. <laughs> so, yeah, you yep. just got to be careful with that.
0: And what happens if you shut the business down the next year? What happens if you shut, if you spend all that money?
1: Well, the, the, the trust, it's a new day. So the next year, the trust may turn over uh, still a million dollars, but it may have $900,000 in expenses for whatever reason. So there's only now $100,000 to pass down to the husband and the wife. Okay. So then that's split 50-50. Um, you may make superannuation contributions. Uh, because you, you, there is now the, um, what you can do with superannuation since 2018, 19 you can now, if you didn't make your maximum concessional contribution payment of $25,000 into your super, you can roll that forward for up to three years. So you can make a lump sum contribution into super. Right. There's all sorts of really cool things you can do. Um, but again, get the advice before the financial year ends. So if there's anyone out there listening that has that problem that we all want to have and that you're earning too much money, <laughs> um, go and see your accountants around about March each year. Don't leave it much later than that. To talk through these types of things
0: okay. because, uh, so what's yeah. that called? A seven A or something was
1: it? Division seven A. Um, yep. Oh, you want to avoid not avoid that's a bad word. You don't want to pay um, Division um, two nine three um, tax, which is where you earn over the Div two nine three rate, which is, I think two hundred and fifty thousand might be down to two hundred and thirty thousand dollars now. Um, yeah, Medicare surcharges, yeah, yeah. all sorts of stuff. So. Um, if you can save yourself if you're earning that sort of money yeah. or your trust is earning that sort of money or your business is earning that sort of money uh, for the love of God go in and see your account it might cost you yeah, a couple or of thousand dollars bucks bucks, I think e- even less than that you're yeah. going to save tens of thousands of dollars absolutely damn good investment. You're not going to get that good at the
0: track. <laughs> well, you might. <laughs> Not the last story I heard, wouldn't you yeah, tell no, me? <laughs> <laughs> no. Free Boys Weekend, are at the trap, Yeah. Where else are we, mate? What else have we got here? Oh, I don't know. Oh, Throw right. it at me Instant write offs. So we've got now, we've got people that have got less income coming in. Um, and let's say they, in June, spent a whole heap of cash on equipment. Yep. And now we're in. September and their income has come right down they've 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 gone about it the wrong way just because of COVID should they have loaned the money if they needed it because it's an asset they could have been using it obviously they shouldn't have bought it if it's just going to be sitting in the closet and not working but you know 100 grand is 100 grand in the bank rather than getting a $30,000 tax write-off isn't it
1: yeah so I think where you're going is that um, there's a couple of questions here that sort of fold into each other. One is if they did that in a normal year where you don't have COVID, yeah um, they've most likely planned for it, Phil. So they've any half decent business would have some type of planning going on. So they go, right oh well this year we're going to market this amount, we're going to call this amount of people, we're going to follow up this, we're going to do this. This is our new plan. This is where we're going to go and then that will turn over X amount of dollars and we believe that our fixed costs are going to be X amount and our um, you know, variable costs will be so much. And they do all the numbers on management accounting and, the, and they'll run through the numbers before that financial year ends. So <laughs> they, they know... It's like a good story, Duncan. Yeah, it's yeah, it a great story. It's straight out of the textbook. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so what what normally happens in a normal year where you don't have a pandemic and yeah. all sorts of crazy things going on, you account for that. And, um, and that's why this $150,000 instant asset write-off is... Has been extended out to December this year, so right. um, you can you can go and buy that equipment and capital equipment that you need. Hopefully, playing um, yeah. it forward to yeah. well, hopefully we're gonna good get storms years in the future. for the restorers and yeah, storms and
0: um, businesses open up and, um, and for the carpet cleaners and yeah, and I think I think it
1: will cleaners and this stuff. is a very very this is a blip on the radar if you have a look at over the last twenty years or thirty years. It's it's uh, yeah. and I, I love small businesses. I think they're a great investment. They're Great thing about a small business investment is, is that you control uh, a lot of what goes on in that business. You can control a lot of it. Mm-hmm. If you go and invest in a in a bank or shares or stocks or even in the housing market, you don't really control that market. Yeah. You've got no control over that market. Let's be honest. Especially when you have an event like yeah. the pandemic, so um,
0: I think it's more just again, it's one of those things that if you don't get the advice and you try to do this yourself, yeah, and and the guy you're trying to get the advice off doesn't understand. All the pros and cons as well. Yeah. And your business and and the business we're in.
1: Yeah. Problems with accountants, um, and I'm one of those, is that um, we will – the worst words in our language is yes or no. So if if a client says, hey, can I write this off, they're going to say yes or no. Whereas as accountants what we should be getting into the habit of is because I'm an old bank johnny, Um, of this is ingrained in me is to say why are you asking that question and I think if you ask why a little bit more you'll you'll actually be able to answer the question better than just saying oh yeah you can or no you can't what's the next question you got for me and um, opening up the client is Mm. so a lot of clients don't want to look stupid either so they go can I do this and they go yeah you can I don't right. want to ask another question because I look like an idiot when I just asked that question. But if you start opening the client up, it, it um, works a lot better. You know? yeah. Dale Carnegie, understand someone before you try and get them to understand you. So yeah.
0: and, that, and that's what I've looked for in, a, any, bus, in any business person, coach, financial advisor. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's common sense to do that, I think. But unfortunately, a lot of people are closed up. And uh, they feel that they can't ask those questions. So, whether it's with you, Duncan, or anybody else, wherever you got out there, make sure that you do ask those questions, because they are, it is trying times at the moment, and um, you don't want to get bad financial advice right now, after everything's gone through as well. So,
1: well, it's always their fault. Yeah, you know, if we if we give if we give bad tax advice,
0: yeah, at the end of the day, you signed off on it. Yeah. So, that's not my problem; it's yours. Yeah, and that and that again, that lies another problem too, because. Like, I don't know all this stuff. You know, like, I'm a business owner. Yeah. And yeah. you go to get advice. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, it's, yeah, it's I mean, crazy. And this, so. is,
1: this is sarcasm, folks. So if anyone no. out there doesn't get sarcasm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not being
0: serious here. But, um, but again, I think it's still good advice to have a chat to a couple of people. Like, don't just take the advice of one person. Yeah. Because just what you just said then, they might just say yes.
1: Well, they will. I mean, one of uh, the first questions that you asked me when I walked in today was, um, uh, "What's class as a small business?" I yeah, think, or was it something?
0: Yeah, yeah. What is class as a small business?
1: Yeah, and it. Yeah. What are the? What are the? Um. And I said, well, it depends. Five million, fifty million, five hundred yeah, million. Yeah, and and it, but it really depends. It depends on if you're talking to me about. Are you selling an asset? Is that why you're asking? What do? You, do you want to know what the thresholds are? Are you talking about capital gains tax? Uh, what structure is that in so yeah. there's a lot more comes from that one simple question yeah. um and the, or are you talking about depreciation so are you are you trying to find out if you can depreciate up to $150,000 you ca- ca- seeing if you qualify as a small business so that you can come in up into that threshold or um if I'm a small
0: business what are my tax rates
1: yeah because uh, my tax rates are lower as a small business
0: than they are if I'm a... Oh, that, uh, I just want to get as many advantages as possible. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. But again... Um, but then it's up to that other person to figure out what you're actually asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where are you going with this? That's yeah, right, so, yeah.
1: Um, and I, I doubt very much ever um, that I would um, ever get a, a, a client ask me, what are you asking all those personal questions for, don't? Right? They go, yep. yeah, you keep them coming, right? <laughs> so, I mean, I say to my staff all the time, I say, I, I say, I just say to them, um, what's their, do they have a home? Oh, I don't know. It's, it's not part of their tax return. Okay, well, it might be. <laughs> well, why would it be? They live in their home. Yeah, but do they have a mortgage on that? Yeah. Yeah, they might have a mortgage, but it's not tax deductible, so it's
0: not my problem, are boss. Are working from home right now?
1: Well, apart from that, but a lot of people, small business and you yourself have done it, I'm yeah. sure, is that you've gone, well, got a home loan of $100,000, got a limit of $200,000, got a house worth a million bucks, and I want to inject some money into this business. So I'll drag it against my home loan, and I'll put it into this business.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So if you don't ask the question, that's right. all of a sudden you've got $80,000 that you've redrawn against your home loan that you think – as the average Joe, well, that's not tax deductible, that's my home loan. No, it is, mate. Now, what we need to do is we need to work out how to split that home loan. And and so all of a sudden, you've got a client that goes, oh, man, that's awesome. You got me a little bit more money, and I don't have to make up, I don't know, say, deposit uh, donations that I made to Salvation Army, in inverted commas, or something like that, you know, or, or, or worried about claiming 80 cents because of COVID times. and yeah. It's just... There's so much more that you can get out of asking decent questions and, and really forcing your accountant to open you up. So, yeah. um, tell them your blood type. Tell them your favorite country <laughs> and western song. You never know, something might come that's from That's Right, it, so. absolutely. And if it doesn't, they just might laugh
0: at, you, laugh at your taste in <laughs> music.
1: So, that's all
0: right, mate. Uh, we've got to wrap it up, unfortunately. We again, will. Again, right. again, that's the uh, the hour gone quickly Go and really, and yeah. Uh, Holy smokes. Yeah, we're we're 55 minutes in. Jeez, I don't know
1: anything that
0: I'll last an hour at. I really don't. (laughs) Not even golf,
1: folks.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I, I give up golf before an hour's up.
1: I certainly crack a beer before an hour's up on the golf course, that's for sure.
0: (laughs) We're done. Wrap it up. uh, Mate, look, again, look, if we can take some takeaways from today, it... um, Look, you're not alone, guys. Like, just get out there and ask these questions. We're we're doing it hard. My business, same thing. It's doing it very hard at the moment. Um, There's a lot of things in there that I wasn't aware of. There's TPAR report. um, Like, I think our Zero does that anyway, but we want to make sure that's getting done properly. Uh, And there's a whole bunch of information in there, guys. So, look, I'll, I'll put Duncan's details in there. Please reach out. He's always available. Um... Normally via emails, so I make sure I put that in there, and he can get back to you. But it's that uh, that time to actually sit down and talk to people like Duncan, financial f- advisors, tax advisors, well, business.
1: Yeah, so you said that before. I'm I'm actually not a financial planner anymore.
0: Right. I, I walked away from that a couple of
1: years ago through the Royal Commission. I just said, well, bugger this. This is just a joke. Oh, it, it's it's we could talk another hour on that. Right. I'll tell you, but it's it's an absolute mess. The financial planning area so and i'm just so busy with accounting now so yeah. i'm just full on 100 so tax, tax advice accounting. tax tax planning tax yeah. yeah um i do have a number of financial planners that i, I work very close with so um, buy sell agreements and other things like that which is really important we could probably talk about that another day if you yeah. want um so yeah so but uh, i don't give financial advice i just Explain, I suppose. I explain financial ad- advice in concepts to people, yep. and tax concepts and tax planning to people. And if if you take it, you take it. If you don't, you don't. Um, no but
0: skinner. you also you also know a lot of people in the in the game absolutely. too that you can defer yeah. Yeah. and absolutely yeah. and move yeah. on. That yeah. yeah, so that works out really well too. So look, thank you very much, Duncan. Much appreciated. My pleasure, Phil. And um, we'll catch you on the next one. See I'm you sure. on the golf
1: course. <laughs>
2: By assessing this podcast, I acknowledge that the Professional Carpet Cleaners and Restorers podcast makes no warranty, guarantee, or representation as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information featured in this podcast. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. Unless specifically stated otherwise, the Professional Carpet Cleaners and Restorers podcast does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, or surface, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast. And information from this podcast should not be referenced in any way to imply such approval or endorsement. The third-party materials or content of any third-party site referenced in these podcasts do not necessarily reflect the opinions, standards, or policies of the Professional Carpet Cleaners and Restorers podcast. The Professional Carpet Cleaners and Restorers podcast assumes no responsibility or liability for the accuracy or completeness of the content contained in third-party materials or on third-party sites referenced in this podcast, or the compliance with the political laws of such materials and or links referenced herein. Moreover, the Professional Carpet Cleaners and Restorers podcast makes no warranty that this podcast or the server that makes it available is free of viruses, worms, or other elemental codes that manifest contaminating or destructing uh, properties. The Professional Carpet Cleaners and Restorers podcast expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages arising of any individual's use of, reference to, reliance on, or inability to use this podcast or the information presented in this podcast.